0: Uh, We the ones they talking about.
1: Broadway Sports Media.
0: Choose your
1: fighter. Justin and Justin, Titans podcast show. I'm not a cocky person.
0: I'm just passionate. Final round. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately.
1: Quarantine and chill.
0: We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three.
1: Welcome in everyone to this very un- certain episode of the music city audible presented by broadway sports media partnered with 440 sports be sure to check out broadwaysportsmedia.com for all the latest updates on the right now covid situation the titans are dealing with we have had articles pretty much every morning updating the situation and let's just get down to it just wait hold how on doing?
0: i'm sorry the titans
1: are dealing with a covid situation Oh, maybe you haven't heard. I know it's not really been talked about very much. Yeah, I missed it. That's
0: my bad. a blurb here or there. I'll I'll catch you.
1: No, so yeah, the story obviously dominating the Titans headlines. No game last week, obviously postponed to week seven, the Titans-Steelers game. We covered that on our last episode. And as of a few minutes before this recording on Thursday evening, hopefully, my big hope throughout tonight's podcast, Justin, is that... Everything we say is still relevant tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) when the podcast (laughs) comes out.
0: The situation is so fluent and it's changing so often that I
1: think uh, think you're right. Let's just hope for the best here. It really does change every morning. I mean, I've been rolling up. I'm on uh, Pacific time, right? So when it's 4 a.m. here, it's 7 a.m. in in, Ten- in East Coast time, and it's 6 a.m. in Tennessee. And these reports about New tests have been coming out early in the morning, I'm, I'm rolling over in bed at 3, 4, 5 a.m. to <laughs> check my phone to see if there's been a new report, whether it was positive or negative, pretty much every day since last Tuesday. I don't know if that's been the same for you or if you're already awake. <laughs> I mean, I, I
0: just, it's crazy how it feels like we've been dealing with this for three weeks i don't know how you feel but i feel like we've been dealing with this for three weeks it's been a little over a week only and that doesn't feel possible because i am already truthfully so sick and tired about writing about covid and the titans and and talking about it. it just it's been an exhausting week i can't imagine what it's been like for the organization
1: and a little peek behind the curtain here, just to let you guys know. I mean, it's not out of laziness, it's out of trying to keep the information front and center, but every time we rewrite these articles, every time we post a new version of these articles, we pretty much just have to copy and paste the info that was in the previous article about who's on the list, when they can come off the list, what the COVID protocols are. These are this information that we that Mike and you keep like adding to your articles that you're reposting is like it's not to like just add filler to an article. It's because like, this is still the most current information and maybe people didn't have a chance to read it yet. Because by the time like we learn one thing, like six hours later, there's new information that updates that, whether it be about when the Titans are going to play their week five matchup or what kind of investigations the NFL and the NFL player association are, are conducting into the Titans organization and potential violation of protocols There's so much that we learn about every five minutes, it feels like. So we'll record this in a way that's hopefully more evergreen, talking about the events that have happened and kind of touch on what might happen, but from different standpoints so we can cover everything. So on that note, recapping some of the events that have happened since we recorded our last podcast a week ago, the Titans are now up to 24 cases, COVID cases in the building, which includes staff members and players. Fourteen players. Thirteen of those have tested positive in the last since last Tuesday. The other one is Isaiah Wilson, who's not really part of this pandemic, but still on the reserve slash COVID list. And Diana Rossini tweeted something out today as it was announced that the Titans would be adding tight end Michael Pruitt and a uh, practice squad defensive back Broen Borders. Who I hope I'm saying that right? That when these guys were added to the reserve list today, Diana Rossini tweeted, this is process has been going on so long, some of the names that were added to the list are starting to come off now. And it's like, I don't know why she would say that because none of the names have come off, have they?
0: <laughs> no, they haven't. But it's certainly interesting because I almost want to, I don't want to say it's a slip up on her part, but... Obviously, she's incredibly plugged in. She's incredibly plugged in when it comes to the Titans, right? We've always kind of talked about how she seems to break more Titans news uh, than any other national reporter. So you'd have to almost think that she certainly heard something from someone that perhaps some of those guys who tested positive in the beginning are probably almost ready to come off the list. Now, two names that would jump out at me are, you know, two guys who went on this list, uh, you know, th- throughout the early portion of it and would be key players would be Bo Brinkley, the long snapper, and uh, defensive end Daquan Jones. You know, those were two of the first positive cases um, that were reported. And, and, I mean, by Tuesday, I think it's plausible that both guys may be ready to return. I mean, certainly not guaranteed, but
1: stranger things have happened. So you mentioned Tuesday. Let's just get that out there. The Titans-Bills game, if you haven't heard yet, has been rescheduled for Tuesday at 6 p.m. local central time where kickoff takes place in Nashville. That is going to be pushing the Bills-Chiefs game that was originally scheduled to be next week, week six, Thursday night football. Obviously, they're not going to force the Bills to play on a Thursday after playing on a Tuesday. That's insane. So the Bills game has also been moved back. But all of these schedule changes, the Titans-Bills game and the Bills-Chiefs game, are contingent on no new positive tests. So the Titans actually finally had two consecutive days with no positive tests on Monday and Tuesday of this week, and then Wednesday, all hell broke loose. Another positive test came out, actually two, one that was uh, inconclusive and then was returned to be truly positive this morning, Thursday morning, I mean... And again, on Thursday, another player tested positive. So just when you thought the Titans were out of the woods, you know, two days, Monday and Tuesday, and then it's like Wednesday, it's practice day, it's finally the Titans are gonna be able to return the facility today, we all wake up and get the same freaking notification, Titans, more positive tests, facilities remain closed, and what happened after that is just absolutely wild to me because I want to take everyone back to a time on Tuesday night when everyone was going to bed, hoping to wake up to some good news the next day when nobody in the NFL hated the Titans. I mean, for any reason other than like, you know, fun competitive rivalries, right? I mean, there was no like, the Titans have failed to observe the protocols and we all hate them on Tuesday night. There was some investigation news that started and like we were trying to figure out if the Titans had broken a protocol, whether it was traveling to the Vikings game, whether it was wearing masks properly inside the building, whether Shane Bowen didn't properly report his own symptoms. But all those things were like, okay, but isn't every team kind of doing that? And then Paul Kaharski rebroke, rebroke the news that Steve Lehman had already broke last Wednesday when it was not a big deal at all. Or last Thursday, I guess when it was not a big deal at all, October 1st, that the Titans players had gathered to throw passes and get together on Wednesday, September 30th, the day after the facility closed down. And the national media has just gone absolutely bonkers with overreacting to this story, where we're not even 100% sure that Titans players broke any protocols. Now, the league sources, league sources, who have a very vested interest in defending the league, (laughs) They have said that the Titans were informed they were not allowed to meet on Tuesday and the Vikings as well, by the way, because the Vikings facilities were closed last Tuesday. Also, we're told facilities are closed. No in-person meetings of any kind. No club activities. Now, what that means to different people is up for interpretation and whether or not that message was conveyed to like John Robinson, who didn't have a chance to tell the rest of the team, or whether that was conveyed to every player in the building on like a team-wide memo. We, we have no idea at all. The only thing we do have is the word of the players. Buck Rising of A to Z Sports had a great article yesterday, or I should say Wednesday, I guess, detailing some of the players' responses that, you know, we had to get out there and practice because we thought we had a game to play on Sunday. We didn't know what was going on. The NFL hadn't told us anything about the schedule change. We didn't, it was all up in the air. All we knew was that we had a game that we had to get prepared for, and we weren't told we couldn't meet outside the building until the memo was passed around to all 32 teams on Thursday, October 1st, where that was explicitly forbidden. Before October 1st, I mean, it's so gray and murky, but... I, and honestly, I mean, reading some of the tweets that have come out today, Dan Graziano of ESPN said that the league, it is n- the the most important concern to the league is that the Titans were following protocols in the building, meaning wearing their masks and socially distancing and reporting symptoms and reporting close contact with people who may have tested positive. They were not as concerned with the team workout. I mean, think about the team workout. All these players tested negative on Tuesday. They, I'm not saying it was smart. Let's get that out of the way. It was absolutely irresponsible and stupid of the players. It should have been more considerate. Do you want to jump in? I'm just like going on and on. Do you want to jump in and talk about how it was absolutely? I I mean,
0: (laughs) I'm on the same page. I agree. The players probably should not have gotten together for that workout. I I don't think it was the smartest thing they could have done, knowing that this thing has an incubation period. I mean, how long is this incubation period? Not to get sidetracked, but today's positive test. I have these stats
1: up. Right, and today's to positive
0: up. test being uh, Mike Cole Pruitt. Pruitt has been confirmed as per Terry McCormick. He wasn't at the workout, so everyone's up in arms about guys testing positive. Thing it's only because of the workout when Pruitt wasn't there, and was never there. And here he tests positive, you know, seemingly today. Whether or maybe he was the inconclusive result from yesterday or the new one today. Regardless, Pruitt's a new positive and he wasn't at the workout on the 30th. So you would think, I mean, I guess there, there's certainly no exact science to it, but was his exposure did he get exposed at the grocery store this week? Was he exposed yeah. by Shane Bowen the week before or by Greg Mabin, right? Who we th- we think one of these two people were probably uh, patient 0 here. When was Pruitt exposed? You know, it wasn't at the workout that everyone's up in arms about, so it- it's yeah. really tough to say, but obviously, so let's, yes. Let's ahead, talk about
1: Carl. the incubation period because so Right now, science is in agreement. I mean, obviously, we talked about this at length last week. We don't know a lot about this virus still as a a society, as a human species. But we do know pretty much the virus, COVID-19 incubation period, is 14 days in the most extreme cases. However, 97%, 97 97.5%, I think it's like two standard deviations for people who like statistics. Um of the of the people who get COVID will develop their symptoms enough to show up positive in a COVID test within 11 and a half days. So if we back time to the day that the Titans traveled to Minnesota, which is, I would say the assumed time that most players were thought to have been exposed to the virus. Latest could have been the return flight on Sunday night, right? But Saturday or Sunday, it's now this, the morning of Friday, October 9th. So, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is eight days. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're approaching 13, 14 days here. So assuming that that that, that is the exposure period last Sunday, we're approaching the end where there should not be any more tests. I mean, even in the most extreme 2%, 2 2.5% instances, there shouldn't be any more tests beyond Friday. Hopefully, when you guys are listening to this podcast, we're not all freaking out about the fact that the Titans had another positive on Friday. That would just be a disaster. But I do think, based on the timeline, we won't see another one on Friday. And I think that's why the NFL probably feels comfortable saying, barring a positive test this day, we will have the game scheduled on Tuesday. But all that leads me back to what you were just talking about, is that Michael Pruitt was not exposed at this player workout. I don't understand the insane calls by some people in the media that all seem to be based on the reaction to the workout, not the reaction to the other protocols, not this athletic article by Mike Sando that came out on Thursday that has a quote that it was, uh, uh, what did he call it? A no secret or, or an open secret that the Titans weren't enforcing their mask policy. I mean, Trey Wynn tweeted this out, a picture of the, of, uh, just some screenshots from Hard Knocks of the Rams and the and the Chargers players and coaches just like hanging out in their offices having meetings and talking to people with like masks around their chin and stuff. So like how big of a deal does the NFL is the NFL taking this whole breach of protocol thing? I don't know, but calls for the Titans season to be outright canceled, the the idea that they should be forced to forfeit one or two games. I mean, where do you come in on all these preposterous, I'm calling them preposterous claims that people are are making out there?
0: I just think that the takes are, are just sort of insane right now. I think there's a little too much outrage, a little too much anger. Look, it's, you know, again, obviously the Titans did something wrong here. I don't know how much they did wrong yet. Obviously they did something wrong. But you, you've read stuff like, this is the worst thing that ever happened to the NFL.
1: You know that this is oh Doug Farrar of SB Nation, and not to put Doug Farrar on blast, but he frankly he deserves it. I mean, he said that what the Titans have done is worse than Michael Vick killing dogs, the worst scandal in NFL history. This is a league that notoriously employs domestic abusers and people who have criminal. Had bounty gate in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, it's just. you you have a team like the Bears who trade up one pick to draft Deshaun Watson, to draft Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's worse. That's worse. That's <laughs> malpractice at the <laughs> highest level. Lo- okay, that's a joke. I'm sorry. I don't mean to make light of the COVID situation. And obviously the Titans have been irresponsible and they deserve to be punished on some level. We've seen John Gruden and other Raiders players, Darren Waller at a charity event. He got fined. John Gruden got fined like $500,000 or some astronomical number or something like that. I expect to see... Pretty hefty fines come down for the Titans, but when you start talking about losing draft picks and forfeiting games and canceling the season, let's talk about what forfeiting a game does. By the way, first of all, nobody on the field gets a paycheck, and that includes the other team that gets a free win. Let's say they forfeit the Bills game. How do you explain to the to the Patriots, "Hey, your division competition that's undefeated that you guys are trying to chase and and compete with to win the division, they're going to get a free win against Tennessee this week." Um, Sorry, that's just how it works. <laughs> what? No, and how you do can't. you explain, um, even more so to me? I mean, one thing, look, players
0: love their money. Well, that's just the fact. It just is what it is. You know, let me speak plainly. Players love their money. How are you going to go tell the Bills that they don't get paid this week? Because some Titans players have the coronavirus. I mean, that'll have the Bills more up in arms, I've you know, than, than anything. I've seen <laughs> yeah. people say, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, the Bills now get to play KC on short rest if this happens and KC will be on full rest. I promise you, the Bills rather do that than skip a paycheck for a week.
1: Right. So. It, these players are, are everyone entered the season knowing that some scheduling stuff could go down. We already saw the the Chiefs Patriots game have to get moved once, like that. It's not the end of the world to move a couple games around. And it's clear that that's what the NFL would do, would prefer to do, even if it means affecting teams that are quote unquote innocent, assuming that people are not innocent in a global pandemic that's out of the control of most people. Um, But the idea that you're affecting an innocent team doesn't seem to be anything that concerns the NFL, especially when the alternative is forfeiting a game. We haven't even touched on the financial impacts of forfeiting for the NFL, for the team, for the networks that would be broadcasting the game. Like, there's just no real easy way there's no way that makes sense to forfeit. I saw Warren Sharp tweet, like, it's simple. Titans forfeit the next two games to the Bills and the, and the Steelers or something like that and go on and play. Steelers get their bye week back or something like that. Like, that's not simple. That's the least simple thing in the entire world. Explain to the Ravens why the Steelers get a free win and the Browns. And, I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Forfeiting is not realistic option. I thought that it was a realistic option back when we first brought this up you know, last Tuesday, last Wednesday. And I still thought, you know, I think that it is something the NFL would consider in a worst case scenario, but it would have to be that distant, you know, like like the Titans are clear until Tuesday and then they have five new positives on Tuesday morning or something. Like that would be the kind of worst case scenario. And
0: I still think it is, right? I still think it is probably an option, but I do agree that it's the absolute worst case scenario. The NFL certainly doesn't want to do it and it's a last resort, but... Um, I don't think it's totally out of the question. We've seen it thrown around quite a few times. So obviously someone in the league has thrown that word around, you know, to someone who, who means something. So,
1: Yeah. Let's talk about players that may or may not be back. So I, I mentioned earlier there's 14 guys on the COVID list right now. You mentioned Bo Brinkley, Michael Pruitt,
0: other no, guys no, on the no. list.
1: Well, Bo Brinkley and Daquan Jones. And Daquan Jones, and we'd, we'd already mentioned Michael Pruitt and Broen Borders. Other guys on the list include, obviously, defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons, who's probably the most noteworthy guy. Up there in terms of noteworthiness would be wide receiver Adam Humphreys, wide receiver Corey Davis, cornerback Christian Fulton. Fullback, Kari Blassingame is more or less a starter. Um There's a few practice squad guys that probably wouldn't have played in this game anyway. You know, maybe Cameron Batson would have been called up. Tight end Tommy Hudson. By the way, side note, Tommy Hudson has been suspended six games by the NFL for violating the performance enhancing policy or whatever. Like, that was the most left field news item I saw on Thursday. I never, I mean, that just came totally, like, completely shocked me with that one. Uh, (laughs) Someone would be suspended for something other than COVID. It was discipline other than the COVID stuff going on. While he remains on the COVID list. Who knows what's going on with Tommy Hudson? Um, who did I miss? I think I said everyone. Kamali Correa is also out. Cornerback Greg Maben. So 14 guys. You mentioned earlier, you know, maybe Daquan Jones is one of those guys coming off the list. But the simple truth is, until the team's able to practice again, and we, like, have some roster transactions where guys come off the COVID list, we're just frankly going to have no idea who's symptomatic, who is asymptomatic, and who's going to be available for Tuesday's game I'll throw this question to you. Do you think we'll get any info like that before Monday?
0: Yeah, I think we will. I think, well, again, of course, barring the Titans not having any more positives tomorrow and leading up to Tuesday, uh, I do. I I think, you know, as much as, you know, Vrabel would probably love to play those cards close to his chest, if they are going to have some of those COVID guys available for Tuesday, then you have to think they're going to have to activate them off the list before then, which they will also have to report, right, to the league and the transaction right. wire, which will release, uh, has been releasing every day uh, at 3 p.m. Central. I've become an expert on the transaction wire oh, as we yeah. <laughs> as we follow along to find out which players uh, have been testing positive. But uh, yeah, so I, I do think, again, that Vrabel, would, as much as he would love to keep that a secret, even for competitive advantage purposes, uh, if they're going to get some of these guys back, surely they're going to have to activate them off the list before Tuesday.
1: And speaking of activating guys off of a list before Tuesday, other guys, non-COVID related people who have been missing, Adoree Jackson is still on IR, and I honestly don't know how COVID is affecting this situation because there's a there's a chance at least that had the team had no positives on Wednesday and then they were clear, you know, and they went back to the practice and stuff. There's a chance that Wednesday Adoree could have come off come off IR, added to, to roster, and get back at practice, but. We've seen some quote-unquote estimated injury reports because the Titans haven't been at practice. Adoree Jackson is still on IR, so he's not been listed on those reports. He's currently unavailable for Tuesday's game, but we don't know if that will change between now and then. He could come off IR any day before Tuesday and be eligible to play in the game. Another guy is A.J. Brown, who I mentioned those injury reports. He was listed as would have been estimated to be limited in both Wednesday and Thursday's practice. Now that the Titans have an official game date scheduled for Tuesday, I doubt there will be a Friday injury report. I bet that injury report comes out on Sunday, um, which the Titans should be able to have a walkthrough on Sunday. If, if they don't have any positives on Friday or Saturday. So we might get a legitimate on field practice report from Sunday. Uh, if there's no new positives and that will show whether or not AJ Brown's going to return for this game, but Taylor Lewon, full participant in practice I think that's great news for Titans fans. Ultimately, the mini bye week last week is going to help some guys like Lawan and A.J. Brown possibly get back, but it's also going to cost the team some guys like potentially Jeffrey Simmons, potentially Corey Davis, who just went on the COVID list this week. I would say almost certainly you won't see Corey Davis or Michael Pruitt or any of the guys that we found out about this week. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It'd, it'd be pretty shocking if, if Corey Davis played in this game. If there is a game, of course, it'd be shocking if Michael Pruitt played in this game. Th- you know, those two stick out specifically uh, to me. Jeffrey Simmons probably isn't close either. I don't know that Christian Fulton would be either based on the timeline that I'm remembering. If, you know, it's, it's all a bit of a scramble uh, when these guys went on the list, but yeah. you And it's totally
1: random who's going to be symptomatic and who's going to test negative again first or whatever. So like, even when they went on is no determinant for when they're going to come off. And guys that have symptoms, by the way, talk about that 14 day thing. 14 days is the incubation period. It's not like the length that the virus lasts in your body. It's not like how long it takes to recover. Everybody is slightly affected differently. So it could take a player up to a month if they are showing symptoms to actually recover from the virus conversely it could take a guy three days to get over his symptoms it could take an asymptomatic player five days to get a negative test again like it's so so unknown it's really not it's it's very
0: random now one thing i'll say on on this podcast that i haven't tweeted or anything is i've spoken to a couple of guys who were on that positive list and uh, you'd be surprised at how some how good some of them are feeling you know not going to reveal any names obviously but uh, spoke to one guy who who was uh, was one of the more recent positive tests, uh, and, and he revealed that he, he you know he he was quite you know not feeling great about a day ago. A day ago being Wednesday. But uh, as of Thursday, he felt good enough. He said if he had to play a game this weekend, he'd feel comfortable playing. Now that's not to say, of course, that he'd be allowed to play. You know, granted, he most likely wouldn't. But the fact is, he felt good enough to play a game of football. I, I found that to be very interesting. And this again, this is a guy that was one of the one of the more recent positives.
1: Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I mean, who knows how many other guys, and and he probably, I guess he was showing some symptoms, but now he's not, so again, it's, it's all so up in the air. One thing that's not been talked about very much is what do the Titans do heading into this game against Buffalo if they're missing 10 members of the staff, if Shane Bowen's not back yet? I mean... We have no idea if it's like quality control guys who don't have a whole lot of game day responsibilities or if it's like, you know, position groups that don't have an assistant coach that the position coach is is now going to be out with COVID. Do you think that that is being like underrated as a potential huge factor in, in this game against Buffalo? Well, it can certainly be a factor,
0: but at the same time, I know you're not going to hear Mike Vrabel cry about it. You know, Vrabel's yeah. just going to say, we got to go out there. We got a football game to play. And, and even player-wise, right? I mean, I look at that D-line group, let's just you know, hypothetically, if you don't have Jeffrey Simmons or Daquan Jones, then, you know, you're starting Jack Crawford. And, and who else? I mean, uh, you know, all three, all three guys behind Crawford, being Isaiah Mack, Matt Dickerson, and Laurel Murchison, you can correct me if I'm wrong, They've kind of been swapping spots. All three of them, at, or not, not all at the same time, but I mean all three players have been inactive for games. All three of them have been active for games in place of the other. So it seems like the Titans have really just kind of been rotating that group, and they currently don't necessarily maybe like one more than the other. So, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to have to have all four of them active, surely, and four including Jack Crawford, for that game. You got, you know, T.R. Tart on the practice squad. You might, you might see some TR tart. You got a couple (laughs) receivers on the practice squad, right? Chester Rogers might have to play in this game. It's just, there are a lot of moving parts here and a lot of players that are going to get some game action that, that that maybe wouldn't have, or, or certainly wouldn't have. Right. You may have to sign a long snapper, depending on what happens with Bo Brinkley. The Titans had a couple of long snappers uh, in for covid testing, ironically enough, uh, the other day <laughs> to kind of start the process of, of working these long snappers out. They had two, uh, Matt Overton. And, and there was a second as well, uh, holbus uh long snapper out of University of Louisville, I believe, was drafted by the Steelers. So th- this is an interesting situation. The saving grace from a competitive standpoint. And, and I, I knock on wood as I say this is, your, you know, your quarterback doesn't have it. Your star running back doesn't have it and your five offensive linemen don't have it as of now. So if you are going to play this game, you're you're you know, Vrabel you you think is gonna pound that rock thirty five times on offense and try to sneak out an ugly victory, right? Play keep away, keep the ball out of Buffalo's hands because the defense is obviously, the you know, A, the defense is the side that's been performing poorly on this team, and B, they're also the side that's more affected right now, you know, outside of the receiver group in, in terms of when it comes to COVID. So with, you know, D-linemen out and edge rushers out and cornerbacks out, so it's an ugly situation, but there's a chance, you know, the Titans might play this game on Tuesday. So Frabel's going to have to figure it out and certainly trust him to, to, to try to put a, a winning game plan together.
1: Yeah. And what's crazy to me is that the entire focus of this week has been on the COVID stuff that I'm sure that's not the case for the Titans, but for just like personally, someone trying to cover the team, like thinking about writing about Buffalo, it feels so like distant in the future and unknown and uncertain. And like, will this be even, you know, will this pertain to football by the time it's ready to be published? Like that's where I'm at with uh, this upcoming game, but let's try to turn our attention. Let's assume that nothing goes wrong on Friday morning and that everything I'm about to say is going to be relevant. Still the bills are a good team who have been putting up points uh, behind Josh Allen, who has been incredible so far through 2020. I mean, he's made a, a few of the same Josh Allen he plays. Uh, in week one, he like had a guy wide open in the back of the end zone, just totally airmailed it, not even close. He turned the ball over a few times to help the Rams come back in that game um, that they ended up driving down and getting the win in. But all in all, Josh Allen's playing great. Brian Dayball, offensive coordinator, has him playing, obviously, clearly the best football of his young career. He's in a little bit of buzz for the MVP conversation up there with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. The Titans defense, meanwhile, has given up over 30 points to the last two teams they played, quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins and Gardner Minshew. What do you think happens in this game if there's no Jeffrey Simmons, there's no Christian Fulton? Let's say, for argument's sake, there's no Daquan Jones. Like This gets pretty scary pretty quick from my perspective, looking at how on earth is this Titans defense going to contain Josh Allen? Which is a weird thing to even say out loud, but it's 2020. It's a weird year. So here we are.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, unfortunately, you know, you, 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 you might see a lot of Matt Dickerson, right? You might see a lot of Isaiah Mack. You might see some T.R. Tart. Uh, you, you're going to see some Laurel Murchison. You're going to see a lot of Jonathan Joseph. You're going to see a lot of Chris Jackson. You're going to see some Ty Smith. You might see some Kareem Moore. Hopefully you get Derek Roberson back and he can kind of fill in for Camelay for Correa, who, who really hasn't played a ton of snaps throughout the early part of the season. But, you know, you're you're going to see a lot of reserve, young, unexperienced players on defense.
1: Yeah, so what I'm kind of expecting out of the defense is a lot of pretty basic-ish cover two, drop back, keep everything in front of you, don't get beat deep, don't let Josh Allen connect on a deep ball to Stefan Diggs, who's been mossing people left and right. Don't let him find John Brown if John Brown plays. John Brown's been injured and not really practicing this week. But don't let these guys get behind you. Force... Josh Allen, who notoriously has accuracy issues, even still in 2020, to make dink and dunk throws and string together 12-play drives down the field. Now, it's not going to work every time. They're going to break off some big plays. But I just think with the lack of personnel on the defensive side, that's going to be the approach you see is kind of that force them to drive all the way down the field and beat you and then try to control the clock. Like you said, run it 35 times with Henry, pound the ball. I think – I can't remember who who mentioned this and – I want to say it was on the F-Words podcast, but they mentioned the fact that this little mini buy for the Titans is a nice little break for Derrick Henry, who was leading the league in touches through the first three games. A little game off to come back and be a workhorse who might have to carry the entire team just to keep the defense off the field. That's not the worst thing that could have happened for the Titans heading into this game.
0: No, I mean in general, and it's been pointed out by a lot of people that this is you know you know unfair to the Bills and unfair to the Steelers, and I mean you know tr- truthfully, obviously that you know, and let's make one thing clear: let's not make this some you know miracle that this happened to the Titans and it's great news and yeah, it's and not a good thing. I know you're not thing. doing that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I just mean, But so I, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 I've seen are, it happen, and and. Yes the right. trade-off for the guys that you're losing is not worth it
0: <laughs> certainly not right obviously and that potential
1: long-term health ramifications right. and like Michael Pruitt or somebody who just tested positive has a baby at home right I mean there there's like I don't right
0: know. yeah it's there's a lot of bigger than football
1: yeah. of, of course and
0: and obviously yes you know Derrick Henry could use the rest and perhaps this helps them get Taylor Lewan back on the field I'm not convinced Lewan was going to miss any time anyway Truthfully, mm-hmm. it didn't look like more than a stinger, but regardless, you know, you can, you can spin that narrative. It, maybe it helps them get Luan back on the field. It probably helps them get A.J. Brown back on the field, which is obviously a huge get. And, and maybe it helps them get Adoree Jackson back eventually, although Adoree still being on IR doesn't seem s- super promising that he's ready to play in this game. Again, if there is a game,
1: but... Was, wasn't there an instance, I, maybe it was Vic Beasley or somebody... I don't remember now, but Vic I like think had was... the right
0: idea the whole time, right? Don't go, don't go to practice. <laughs> don't show up. It's, uh, it's I, feel like,
1: I feel like there was a, a somebody that they activated on like a Saturday, and it was like, oh, they're activating this guy on a Saturday. Maybe he has a chance to play. So I, I don't know. It wouldn't be shocking if Dory was, wasn't activated until Sunday or Monday and still played, but we'll just have to that wait would, and see. That would,
0: They could certainly use him. If they're playing on do. they could certainly use him.
1: Well, any last thoughts to add about this Buffalo game? Tuesday football, Three, uh, I guess, yeah, three, 4 p.m. my time. That's going to be wild. I'll be at work. 4 p.m. your fun. time, 7 p.m. my time, which I love. I think
0: that's a great time for the debut of Tuesday night football. <laughs> Granted, that it's not the
1: debut. It's not the debut. It's not the debut. There's been one game of Tuesday Night Football in NFL history. That what? could be totally incorrect. but Why do you know this? And I saw that because when they first started talking about moving the last week's game to Monday or Tuesday, somebody, I think Mike, uh-huh. wrote about how possible it might be. or am not 100% Look, sure. Don't but. tell Mike this, but
0: I don't read his stuff at all.
1: Wow, you are missing out because Mike is I am the best kidding, writer. I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
0: I read all of no Mike's No
1: offense stuff. to myself and also to you, but Mike's the best we got.
0: <laughs> I, I read all of Mike's stuff. I, sometimes I skim it. Mike, Mike's, you know, Mike loves the 7,000-word
1: articles, but I do read all of them. <laughs> and you know what? You guys can read Mike's articles, too, if you just head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com. We have a ton of free content on the site right now, but we also have a lot of paid content that's even better than our free stuff you can try it out for free 7 days, 7 day free trial, or you can take a look at the Heimerdinger Foundation monthly all access pass. 25% of proceeds for that membership level are donated to the Heimerdinger Foundation. Check that out, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Happy to be partnered with 440 Sports. And that's all we got this week for our Bills Titans preview, which is more of a COVID recap, positives and negatives of the COVID situation. I did that on that was a that was a pun. Did you get it? That was a pun. Positives and I negatives. I got it. Okay. I um, got it. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I would have
0: laughed. A little I'm just dated. so sick and tired. I think I've been writing the word positives a hundred times a day for the last 10 days. So I it's apologize. I'll get my funny bone back soon.
1: That's all we got. Follow the show <laughs> at MCA Broadway. Find us on Twitter at BroadwayTN. Justin is at M underscore NFL. And I am at Titans Film Room. Find us there. Find us on BroadwaySportsMedia.com and subscribe to this little podcast wherever you are listening. Get all of our new episodes right in your feed. Pretty much have not missed a Friday morning. That's pretty good. We're we're, we're pros now. That's what we do. We don't miss. We hours. are consistent. Consistent, baby. And uh, hopefully the Titans can be consistent Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and monday and tuesday and the rest of time even with no more covid positives the rest of time that's a good way to put it (laughs) that's all i got hopefully we don't have another breakout this season and hopefully the titans can continue being the most hated team in the nfl by getting a win on tuesday night wouldn't that be glorious i i want to see it just to watch twitter burn to the ground a hundred percent okay that's all